You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Monday, September 21st. It is Mental Health Monday. Actually, here in the studio. Well, two out of three are here in the studio uh, this morning for Mental Health Monday. And uh, I don't know if we've... Yeah, I guess we have had Heidi in the studio when visiting St. Louis before. A few times. Uh, and this is a great time to be in St. Louis. It's absolutely beautiful weather today yeah. here in St. Louis. It's flannel weather. It I'm so happy I got to wear flannel today. <laughs> it's not Friday. I it's don't even flannel care. Friday. Uh, it's Mental Health Monday. We're going to talk with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman here in just a moment. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting the coffee hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. It is time to check in with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman for Mental health monday good morning heidi good morning happy mental health monday happy mental health monday is it a beautiful day there in nebraska it is it's i mean like overcast but no one complains when it's like going to be about 78 or so and yeah it's it's a good day to get outside which is always good for our mental health already did that it is absolutely beautiful out Mm -hmm. did you you probably didn't get out and ride yet did you did you make it outside yet today heidi maybe some coffee outside I had just a little bit of coffee outside while I read my EMDR manual for treatment. <laughs> so it it was a good morning. Uh, sounds, sounds about so right. So relaxing. <laughs> <laughs> Reading a manual. <laughs> what are we digging into today for for Mental Health Monday? So we're going to talk a little bit more about the concepts of shame and curiosity and autonomy that we touched on last week. Um, But today we're going to dive into a little bit closer to uh, why it impacts our mental health in particular so much. Uh, Last time we talked a little bit more about our experiences in childhood and how those build upon each other uh, for who we are today and how we experience the world around us. And so today we're going to talk a little more closely about how that translates then into adulthood and where we see the shame popping up, but also where we see that freedom of curiosity and autonomy popping up. Mm-hmm. So how do how do these uh, shame and autonomy, how do they interact as uh, children? Yeah, so children, they need to learn everything. And when I say everything, I mean everything. <laughs> there is not this innate common sense that I feel like we're so convinced is there. You know, we really think things are built into us, like how to eat or how to get things that we need or how to communicate, how to have relationships. And while God built us with systems to create connection and to bring uh, faith into our life through knowledge that becomes belief in the Holy Spirit inside of us and our baptisms and all those things, very little, I mean, so little in life is common sense. Uh, you know, maybe parts of our personality are that, uh, what we call nature inside of us, but the actual way we move and live and be in the world, as well as our values, that is learned. And so they're learning 24 seven and, and their brains, I think we said last time are moving like rockets inside of them, like neuron to neuron and communication going like crazy. So they're just taking in stuff all the time. 
And so we as adults in their life, particularly their primary caregivers, whether that's parents or grandparents um, or uh, a substitute, if you will, uh, they teach them values, you know, things like uh, faith and just the existence of faith in our life, uh, honesty or uh, worth of myself and other people. Those are all values. And so they're learned. And I bet you can uh, imagine how subliminal these things often are. You know, we uh, go to church and we learn th some things outright, if you will. We uh, listen to preaching and teaching and we hear those things. We talk about things around our dinner table. That's why dinner conversation uh, and open conversations about these things are so important. But at the same time, so much of it is subliminal. Uh, and we take that message in when we watch our caregivers and parents, we watch our neighbors and how they interact with the world around us. Just the basic idea that we are sinners in need of God's grace. That is a learned idea, you know, that we are taught by people uh, learning that the world is big, but we have a loving God who invites us to explore it. That also then is a learned thing. It's not something that we understand just by moving, living, and being in the world unless it's translated to us in some way. And so I think we put a lot of stock in, you know, solid parenting. Uh, but the reality is that not everybody has that. And so I think we can move as uh, Christians in the world with a lot of compassion and grace for people that uh, even with the best of parents, sometimes we don't learn the values that we need to learn in a concrete way. You know, not every family is discussion friendly and not every family uh, just thought, oh, let's let's talk about shame and grace today, you know, and so understanding that in our adulthood, then we need those conversations now more than ever about what our values are, what we want that to look like in our lives, that will go a long way for our mental health. Uh, what did we learn as children? And then what does that translate to now? But also, what do we want to learn now? You know, it's okay. It's okay that our parents couldn't translate everything to us or, um, you know, just that we need one another in order to process those things in our life. So any thoughts on that, you guys? Yeah, it's interesting thinking about all of these things that we have to learn uh, and, and thinking about how shame crops up into adulthood. Uh, and maybe a lot of that actually comes from the things from when we were children of things that we either didn't learn at all or that we didn't learn how to do well. Um, mm -hmm. as, as mm -hmm. adults, I think I, at least for me, I don't know, uh, yeah. shame comes up like when I'm late to something or when I pay a bill late or those kinds of things that, mm -hmm. uh, it's just like the, the hashtag adulting kind of things that if you don't, <laughs> if you don't know how to do them well, it's kind of a shameful thing, but also we like to poke fun at it. Maybe that's a coping mechanism. I don't know. <laughs> mm, uh, yes, yeah. yes. Accurate coping <laughs> mechanism. That is true. Well, and my husband and I were just talking about this yesterday is that he was having some struggles with some kind of communication. I don't even remember what it was, but I said, you know, people just in general have a hard time communicating. Like that is a learned mm. skill. Um, and so I do think there is shame when you communicated something poorly or something wasn't communicated to you well. Um, we have this sense of shame. Instead of what I would say is the antidote is leaning into that and vulnerability and asking 
uh, for help, asking for forgiveness from one another, asking what the other person needs and what we and stating what we need. Uh, that is an area where God then can do his work. It's basically a modified form of confession, right? When we tell people what we need um, and we ask what they need and we admit that we're going to mess up. Uh, and I think these many forms of confession, we would do well to have a lot of it in our life instead of waiting for that Sunday, you know, proclamation. That's a good thing. We want that in our life. But confession is for all the time. It's not even for just some of the time. Um, and that's one way that we can release the shame in our lives. Because you're right, Sarah, I think that's such a great example. It, it just pops up again and again and again. And that's because of the brokenness of the world. You know, we will be imperfect. Other people will be imperfect. And as children, we have this sudden awareness at some point that we are we are not quite right, you know, and that's shame because the message that God wants us to get is that we are doing things that are not right. That's guilt. You know, it's a different message than we are not quite right as people. Um, and we are in need of Jesus. And so teaching kids about the brokenness of the world and teaching one another, hey, you know, I'm actually writing a book about this right now. It should come out in April. Being able to say clearly, oh, that's brokenness. That will serve us well when we can do that for ourselves and one another so that we don't carry the shame. Instead, we carry this uh, place that we're in as well as our own guilt and that, you know, awareness of the guilt of other people, but for the purpose of getting to the Jesus part of it, that he's the one who heals. He's the one who forgives. He's the one who restores my brokenness, your brokenness, but also the brokenness of just this whole big world that's pretty hard at times. Hashtag adulting. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, how about you? What do you think? What do you see children feeling shame over at times? So that's different than guilt, like we just mm -hmm. said, right? Like, so where do you see that popping out? Or where do you see adults feeling shame sometimes? Um, well, I think a personal example last year was when our son was in kindergarten. And one of the things that one of the assignments they had was to practice addressing a letter since they were writing and we realized that we hadn't written any letters or like addressed any letters in our household <laughs> in quite a while. <laughs> and that our son hadn't seen us doing that. Whoops. <laughs> like actually writing an address on an envelope, mm -hmm. putting a stamp mm -hmm. on it. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that's a little archaic to some degree. I mean, I'm just going to call it out. Like, we did that in confirmation where the kids had to send themselves letters oh, that yeah. they would get then when they were confirmed to remind themselves what they wanted to remember about their faith and everything. And I can't tell you how many of them didn't know their address and also didn't know how to address a letter. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, in a format and stuff or where the stamp went. And, and I think to some degree, see, so this is where that wrestling and entering into kind of calling out brokenness and also over silly things, right? This sounds so ridiculous, but at the same time, it's real in people's lives. Um, and then also leaning in to helping one another to solve these small problems of curiosity. And so we, we get curious about it. That's what we do. And that's really what helps um, instead of uh, accusation 
burden, if you will, for ourselves and other people with shame. I'm sure you didn't accuse your son, but you probably likely accused yourselves, right? Of like poor birding or like at least internally for a moment. What was that experience like for you, Ian? Oh, definitely felt like we'd failed to teach our child a life, <laughs> to model a life skill for our child. Um, it was... <laughs> It was a moment. It, 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 there was also some levity too in it, like laughing at the right. fact that, oh, we haven't actually written anything out in front of our son. Like we do Christmas cards and things like that, but even that we do labels probably mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. So it mm -hmm. was just, yeah, right. it was it was a moment that, well, yeah, it was a learning experience. Uh, <laughs> Hashtag to, adult yes. <laughs> We have more to talk about here on Mental Health Monday on the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Cross Defense is the show where we talk about curious topics to excite the imagination, equip the mind, and comfort the soul with God's Word. Join me, Pastor Tyrell Bramwell, every Monday at 2 p.m. Central on KFUO Radio, or anytime on KFUO.org, or even your favorite podcast app. My friends, our foe is a fierce enemy. Our only defense is Christ on the cross. To the father with a $1.75 per hour minimum wage job in Guatemala, or for a mother combing through the rubble of their earthquake-stricken home in Chile, a Bible storybook for their children is an unimaginable luxury. Yet what child doesn't need to learn of Jesus in a language they can read and understand? You can help tell Spanish-speaking children everywhere about Jesus when you adopt the Lutheran Heritage Foundation's Juan 316 Mission Project, lhfmissions.org. Join Christian Friends of New Americans for their golf benefit at Greenbrier Hills Country Club, Monday, October 12th. Registration and box lunch at 11 a.m., 18-hole shotgun start at 12 noon. Special price for ladies and church workers. Register at cfna-stl.org slash golf. Not a golfer? Register for our 5 p.m. hospitality hour. Please help us reach out to refugees and immigrants with the good news of Jesus as we help them with English and life skills. Register for golf or a sponsorship. cfna-stl.org slash golf. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Mental Health Monday, talking with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman today about shame and mental health. And um, I willingly shared a personal <laughs> example of shame as a parent. Thank you, Andy. Yeah. And I think if we look at that example, and I like that you were use the word levity, and I think that will go a long way in life in combating shame, just a little humor in everything. And especially for my Lutheran friends listening, uh, this awareness, we do not have to know everything. That is God's place. Like, I think that especially in Lutheranism, because we are in love with knowledge and, and for good reason, it's so awesome. I mean, that's, you know, curiosity is such a great thing. And I think as Lutherans, we can be really curious because we love some knowledge, right? Mm -hmm. But we don't have to know it all. 
And that means that uh, there will be stuff that we, oh, we forgot to teach our kid that. Um, and we, we are limited people. God is not limited. We are limited people. And that's when I talk about brokenness and this broader idea of it, those are the kind of things like there will be a day where we will not be limited. I mean, we will not be God, but at the same time, our uh, experience will be so different in restoration than it is now. But for now we are limited. And so in all the areas of our life, our vocations across the board, whether those are home vocations, like parenting or, or being a child within a household or being a neighbor, being a church member, being a friend, being a worker somewhere, whatever our uh, vocational employment is, we are limited. And so not only does that mean we will mess up, that also means we'll just miss some things that isn't really messing up. Does that make sense? The difference? Mm -hmm. There's just a place where we're limited. Uh, time is limited. And so leaning into that, being curious about it and laughing a little bit about our experiences in this life will go a very long way for mental health. And obviously same adage we learned in middle school is we laugh with people, not at them, you know? <laughs> um, and so you and your spouse laughing together, whereas if she was crying about this experience, you're not, you're not going to laugh, right? Instead, moving into releasing the shame because we're in this together. You can see that connectedness in it. And we can do that with our children too. So when they are learning or they feel a sense of shame pop up because uh, this happens a lot of times with kids with homework, even in homeschooling and things like that, where they can't quite get a concept, the shame really creeps in. They have that inside critic that says, you should know better, right? You should basically be better. Um, just letting them know, you know what? We're limited people. We're all learning together and we will our whole life long. And we can also then model that as adults, not only for kids, but for one another. You know, it's one thing I value about the two of you is your openness to learning. Every time we come and talk on Mental Health Monday, and I always learn from you, that's modeling the sense of curiosity with one another so that the shame doesn't come into our relationships. And then when all the hard stuff comes, we can have conversations about stuff that really matters without that shame blocking it all up, blocking it all up. So do you guys want to hear about some other ways that shame and autonomy really impact our mental health and well-being as adults? Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Bring awesome. I'll just keep going. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know me, I just like, like to keep going. So um, one important thing that this does for children and then for us as adults is that knowing we have autonomy, knowing we have the ability to be curious and lean into situations and learn more also translates to having choices. And choices aren't everything. I think, unfortunately, sometimes in our culture, we think that we have a choice about everything. And that's not true. There's a lot of us that are privileged. And uh, we need to recognize that because we live in a space where uh, we had what we needed. And there's a lot of people who live in spaces where they haven't had what they needed. And so understanding that choices aren't everything that make up our life. But knowing we have the power to make choices and have a voice is a huge space of autonomy in our life. And so that means being able to uh, get the forms that we need or fill out an employment for application or an application for employment or um, being able to even, you know, let's take it to the spiritual realm, 
believe that we can access God, believe that he wants to listen to us. You know, the Holy Spirit obviously is doing its work, but when there's all these other voices in our life too, that tell us that God doesn't want to talk to us or that he doesn't have interest in us, that's like that underlying kind of subconscious of our brain, then we need that built autonomy in our relationships to say, Hey, you know what? God wants a part of you. He is open to your curiosity and exploration. Um, and, and we also can come before God in prayer and just ask him to heal those places and spaces in our lives. Um, ask, you know, Lord, your spirit, I know is faithful. Lord, just help me to see who you are, see what you've done for me and release this shame in my life. I think that's a really powerful thing. And unfortunately, there's a whole lot of people in this world who don't know Jesus. And so that shame is going to be an ever present friend to them. Um, And as Christians, we know how hard it is, right? We all just set our own shame stories (laughs) a little bit, even in really silly ways. So imagine trying to live without without Jesus. I I don't want to know that. And I don't want anyone else to have to know that. And that's one reason we tell people about Jesus. The other thing this does for us is that we learn that we can be a voice for other people. So we can be a voice for our own children, even if that means, Andy, to take your example, telling our child's teacher, hey, by the way, we really never actually taught him how to write his address. And, you know, so sorry about that. That's okay. We realized that we send a lot of emails and things like that. You know, we realize that we can move into those places and spaces, uh, whether we've messed up big or messed up in these tiny, really little ways um, to know that uh, it's okay. You know, it's okay and connect in that with other people around us and to feel like we still have a place and a space in this world that God has given us, that God has given us. So the last tip I would say then is to know that we can always return to God's word to hear his truth because that shame will creep in. And when we're separated from God's word, all we have is the messages around us and then the Holy Spirit inside of us to tell us that it's that we're connected, that we're worthwhile uh, in Christ Jesus, that we uh, have something besides shame, that our curiosity and exploration is okay, that we have autonomy. But when we're in God's word, we have that concrete thing and the spirit will speak volumes into our lives to cover the shame in Christ's restoration. So Andy and Sarah, I'm curious, where do you go in God's word to hear from him uh, that you're restored, that you're, that you can be curious? Where do you go to hear his invitation? I guess. I mean, I love Romans uh, in general, all of the epistles, but Romans specifically and uh, Romans six, four is probably one of my favorite ones for baptismal identity in Christ. Uh, we were therefore buried with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the father, we too might walk in newness of life. I think I come back to that one quite often, uh, when I need a little reminder (laughs) of, of Mm -hmm. where my identity actually is in Christ. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about you, Andy? So for me lately, it has been instead of reading, just listening mm. to scripture. Um, and in mm. particular, Romans has Good. been very helpful, but uh, just listening to God's word. Um, I, I do love Romans, but I also 
uh, I go back to my confirmation verse as well. Mm-hmm. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. I often seek my identity in me and the things that I do. Hearing God's word tell me that his righteousness is given to me is a great reminder that it's not about me and what I do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think those those are really, really good examples. And a lot of times, notice uh, we have like confirmation verses that are really meaningful to us, or we have um, some other intersection within our faith walk where a verse was given to us. And notice how those things of childhood return to us again in adulthood. I think that's really powerful. And that does show this connection between our childhood curiosity and experiences to shame to our adult experiences of healing and restoration. Um, And so we want to we want to do that in childhood. You know, we want to be able to bring verses forward for kids then as well and ask them about them and discuss them um, and translate them for them into their developmental stage, you know, help them see it for where they're, they're at, whatever height they are, you know, that God is speaking to them directly um, and he'll speak throughout their life. That's a really, really powerful thing. Um, When we allow space for kids to make mistakes that are safe, that's one of the best ways we can build their uh, curiosity and autonomy. The same is true as adults. So find some people, find your people (laughs) that you can make mistakes, um, but it's safe. You know, there's not giant consequences and you know, the relationship bottoms won't fall out. we all need those people in our life because that's what really, really heals some of the shame in real time when it's such a big, bold, abstract concept for us that God gives forgiveness and healing and grace. You know, those are really abstract things, but when we see them lived out in the people in front of us, then that translates to our heart and our mind. And it really does some work, I think, in changing our brain itself so that there's healing internally in very physical ways. Mm. Well, very good. Uh, Shame, autonomy, mental health. Where are we headed next week? Next week, we're going to talk about building that in our lives. We already talked about a little bit of that, but we'll talk about some other things and some cultural questions. You know, how do we enter into our culture that uh, is uh, really different on a shame spectrum from other cultures? And then also some roadblocks to that and overcoming those roadblocks to shame uh, or uh, roadblocks to autonomy and curiosity and where the shame gets in the way. Mm. All good stuff, all good stuff. And, uh, you know, I keep forgetting when we chat each week to point people to some of your writing and your resources. What's your website again? My website's HeidiGaiman.com. No one can spell my name. It's H-E-I-D-I-G-O-E-H-M-A-N-N.com. And so you can look me up. I would, I also love hearing from people. I know you guys do too. And so they can find me on Facebook at Heidi Gaiman Writes and Instagram at Heidi Gaiman. Thank you so much, Deaconess Heidi Gaiman, Mental Health Monday. We'll see you next time. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Thanks for joining us for the Coffee Hour. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere.